Um, well, I, I want you to look at somebody and say, I want you to be like Sam. <laughs> and Sam's sitting there going, okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, today we're going to talk about Sam. Not, not, I mean, even though it, our buddy Sam is a lot like Sam, we're not talking about this Sam. We're talking about another Sam. Uh, all right, but we are going to we're going to talk about that as uh, as we as we kind of trek through and really prepare our hearts for this week and for all that God has for us. I'm going to start. We're going to jump into the Word. Are y'all ready? Yeah, so let's jump in the Word, and we're going to look at Luke chapter 10, and we're going to kind of trek through the chapter, or the end of the chapter, uh, all right? And it starts like this, and behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tested him. He's talking to Jesus, right? Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Now, first, you need to understand this lawyer was not like a law, lawyer like we think of as a lawyer. He was an expert, some translations actually say, he was an expert in the law of God. In other words, he was an expert in Old Testament law. He had studied it, he understood it, he knew the scripture more than most people. And he was like, okay, I've heard about this Jesus guy. I need to see if he's, if he's teaching legit, honest stuff. I know the law. I need to make sure he's following it. All right? So, so he asked him, teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Now, if somebody asks you that question, I'm just going to say, there would be lots of different answers, especially out uh, outside these walls, right? I, I mean, I've heard people say, so how do you get to heaven? Well, you just be a good person. You know, you do good things. Um, some, you might say, well, you, you, love, you love God. Uh, some might say, well, you go to church. Uh, you know, how do you inherit eternal life? That was the question that was presented to Jesus by this expert. And uh, it's interesting because he says, what must I do? What must I do to inherit? <laughs> now think about that. Typically to inherit, you don't do, you be. You be a son or daughter and you inherit. Does that make sense? It's not about doing. But this guy was so wrapped up in the doing that he's like, so what do I have to do? And, and I love it because Jesus, like typical Jesus, he throws it back as a question. He doesn't answer the guy. Not at first, he says, the guy says, what can I do? And he's like, what do you mean do? You be a son and you inherit. That's, I, I, I got to believe that's what Jesus was thinking. And so, 
Jesus throws it back at him with a question and says, well, you're the expert. What do you think? What, what do you think? What, what do you think? Um, matter of fact, let's go on. And he said to him, what, what is written in the law? You're the expert. And then what is your reading of it? What do you think about what is written in the law? Uh, all right. So he answered and said, you shall love. Now, this is the expert talking. You shall love the Lord your God with what? All your heart. All your what? And all your and with all your mind. <laughs> and your neighbor as yourself. It's interesting, this expert in the law, he took a verse from Leviticus and a verse from Deuteronomy and put them together. And said, and I don't know why he put them together, but he did, right? And, and he was quoting scripture. And, and he said, well, here's what I do. You know, I, I, I mean, here's, here's what I think how you inherit eternal life is you love God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, all your mind. <laughs> how many of you know that's all of you? Right? That's all of you. He said, and your neighbor as yourself. So I want you to write this down. I hope you got your notes. I want you to write this down. The question was, um, oh, wait. Well, let me go ahead and read this first. Jesus tells him, you've answered right. Do that, and you'll live. He literally is saying, if you do that, you're going to discover what living is all about. You're going to find it if you do those, those things. So write this down. The question was, what do I do? The answer Jesus gave was love. He said, yes, go love. Go love God. Go love your neighbor. Right? And now what it says? So Jesus was like, yes, go love. Go love them. And, and uh, then he said, but now, well, let, me, let me add this. Um, the answer was not about what are you doing. This is, this is important. Jesus confirmed it wasn't about doing, it was about loving. That's a big distinction. He's asking, what do I do? And, and Jesus confirms, well, you just answered your own question. It's not so much about doing, it's about loving. And it's not just about loving, it's about who are you loving? Who are you loving? Who are you expressing love to? All right? Because real love, remember we talked about this last week, real love has to come from God because he's the only source of real love. Y'all are way too quiet, right? Right? All right. So the, the point is, the more you draw near to the source of love, the more you draw near to God, the more you give yourself to him 
your mind, your strength, all that you are to him and get close to him as the source of love, the more you're just going to be love. You're not going to have to do. You're just going to be. And as you be a son of love, you're going to express love because you can't contain it. Oh, come on, right? I mean, that's, that's in essence what he's trying to get across, uh, all right? And, and I want to I say this. Well, I, go ahead and write, write this down. Um, we cannot, or we can do without loving, but we cannot love without doing. Let that soak in. I can do for you out of obligation, right? I can do for you. I, I can serve, I can give, I can whatever out of obligation. But I cannot love you uh, unless I, love will express itself in doing. I am being love and it just comes out in doing. Does that make sense? Right? Right? I, I, I mean, I want, you're like, okay, we've heard this. No, just, just hang on. All right? We're going, we're, going, we're going to dig in a little bit. All right? That's why all through the, the New Testament, Jesus and even the disciples talk about how you cannot separate loving God and loving people. You cannot say, the scripture actually says this, you can't say I love God and not love your neighbors, even if their dog barks all night. I, 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 all right? I, I mean, you can't say, oh, I love God, I worship Jesus, but man, I can't stand them. He said it doesn't work that way, and here's why. If love, just hope you can grab, the, if love, the source of love is God, if love expresses itself in doing, then love expressed itself in its creation. Right? So, every human on the planet, regardless of their religious background, is an expression of love from the Creator. Every person in here has a little bit of the expression of the creator God in you. So when I don't love you, I'm really not loving God. Because you are an expression of who he is. You're an expression of who he is. That's how I mean, he created you that way. All right? So, so how can we say we love God and turn our eyes on the one, turn our eyes away from the one that, that he sent his best, like we celebrated last week. The one that he sent his best, his son, his expression of love to die for. If he was willing to die for him, how can we turn our eyes away from him? And, and honestly, that's what service weekend is really all about. Yes, it is about us serving and giving and being an expression of the love of Jesus to our community. 
But I'm going to tell you, it does as much for us in refocusing our eyes. It really does. It, it really does. In so many ways, it does. You know? And that's why we push. It, it, it's because I need it. I need it. You know, because I'm like these guys that Jesus is getting ready to talk about so much. All right? And I just want to say, yeah, well, I'll, I'll get to that. All right. All right, let's go on. Y'all want to read some more? Oh, y'all aren't out there. Come on. Y'all want to read some more? All right. All right, let's do it then. But he, the, the, the expert, wanted to justify himself. And he said to Jesus, um, and who... Is my neighbor. Define my neighbor. Because I want to do as little as possible to get the most. Oh, come on. Isn't that what he's saying? I don't want to go out of my way. So tell me who is it that I have to love. Right? Who is it? So Jesus uh, understood what was going on. And Jesus answered and said, well, let me tell you a story. Very familiar story. All right? And here's what we're talking about, Sam. Right? Right here. All right? Uh, in the Bible, they call him the Samaritan, but we're calling him Sam. All right? All right? So, so a certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves. And the thieves, they stripped him of his clothes, wounded him, departed, leaving him What? Half dead. Oh, wait. Um, I'm going to stop right there for just a second. Because Jesus starts telling him a story that some we may miss. And, and, and it's going to be real easy for you to check out and go, oh, I know this story. But there's some interesting things about this. One is this guy that he was talking to was an expert in the law, Right? Right? He knew. Um, so he would have understood as well that what Jesus is talking about here is actually a pretty big deal. He said there was a certain man who went down from where? To where? Okay. In that culture, in the Jewish culture, Jerusalem was the city of God. Still is. Right? It is the city of God. It is the place that God dwells. All right? Are y'all hearing me? It's the place that God dwells. Jerusalem is the holy city. It's up here. Physically, it's up here. And spiritually, it's up here. Jerusalem was the city of blessing. All the Jews knew that you go to Jerusalem for blessing. Come on. Just follow me. It was the city on high. Right? It was the place of blessing. Here's what you may have not thought about. Jericho was a 17-mile trip down a steep, windy road that dropped 3,000 feet in elevation. That's just a few miles further than from here to the top of the mountain. 
at the state park and would drop twice as or three times as much. That's a steep drop in 17 miles. Here's what you may not have known. Jerusalem or, or Jericho, see, Jerusalem was the place of blessing. Jericho was known as the cursed city. It was a cursed city. To the Jews, it was cursed. And here's why. If you remember, Jericho was the first city that the people of God had to conquer when they went into the promised land. Y'all remember that? They crossed over. They had to conquer Jericho. Remember, they walked around it. They yelled. They blew trumpets. The walls fell down. After that, uh, Joshua, after the walls had fell, he cursed the city and said, anybody that ever tries to rebuild this city will be cursed, and it will cost them their firstborn. And history proved that's exactly what happened when they started trying to rebuild Jericho. So Jericho was the cursed city. Jerusalem was the blessed city. I just find it interesting. Part of what Jesus is saying to this guy that was an expert is, there was a man who was leaving the city of blessing, going to the city of cursing. And on his way, he got robbed and beat up. This rocks my world. Because I think one of the underlying stories within the story is I know, and you may be in here today, and you can feel yourself being pulled away from the place of blessing, and you are dabbling in the city of cursing. You're on your way. Some of you, it's a, it's a gradual walk. Some of you, you're like diving off the cliff, right? Can I just tell you, I want to warn you, <laughs> that if you leave the city of blessing and, and you pursue what's in the city of cursing, um, you're going to get beat up, robbed, left for dead. The enemy's going to take you out. All right. But I think the bigger thing for us as the body of Christ and for this man is here's a man that is intentionally going from the place of blessing to the place of cursing. And the real question is, how do we, how do we interact with people who are intentionally walking away from blessing. They got beat up along the way. Let's look at this. Just keep that in mind and let's look at it and see what the scripture says. It says, now by chance a certain priest came down that road. And when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. The priest, obviously, you've heard this before. The priest, he's the preacher guy, you know. The preacher, the guy that, that knew all of the, 
the, all of the scripture, the guy that was on, he may have even been on, we don't know. Well, he may have even been on his way to church, you know, and uh, he was going to go do his spiritual thing. Now, the thing you may not realize is the priest, it says he saw the man who was beaten, bleeding, and half dead. He saw him. And the priest walked around him. Part of the reason that he walked on the other side around the guy is the priest, as the priest, he could have so easily, now I know I'm reading a little bit into this, but I believe it fits, because the priest had to be thinking, this guy's bleeding. If I touch him, I can't go to church. Because as a priest, to touch bleeding or blood made him unclean, according to the law. Now, his hands are unclean because he helped the guy. My hands get dirty and bloody if I help him. And because of that, now I have to go through a seven-day minimum, seven-day purification before I can go preach again. Think about that. So the guy had a pretty honest reason. I'm on my way to do spiritual stuff. I'm on my way to preach. I'm on my way to take care of people's, and I wonder if he did like so many of us, like I do, you know, I'm on my way to do spiritual things, and so I'm just like, oh, brother, I'll pray for you, right? I'll pray. Now, there's nothing wrong with praying for them. You should pray for them, but if they're beaten, bleeding, half dead, they don't care if you pray for them. They need you to take them somewhere to get them fixed up, right? Come on. Right? I, I, I mean, that is just, but this priest, he was like, oh, it's going to cost me so much if I try to help this guy. I'm going to lose a whole week of being able to preach and teach the law. And, and I, I just can't, I can't do that. And so... Likewise, a Levite, when he arrived at the place, came and looked. It's important that you see he came and he what? He looked. Right? He looked and then he passed by on the other side. Now, a Levite was a man who actually was a servant or a worker in the church. He ain't scared of work. Right? He's not scared to get his hands dirty. He's not. Right? I mean, this is a worker in the church. He took care of the, 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 uh, all the, the articles of worship in the church. That's part of what a Levite would have been doing. And he said, okay, um, I, I, uh, I, I, don't, I don't know. And I have to believe that the, the Levite, um, his big thing was, I, I really think this. I think he saw the guy, he looked at the guy, and he said, I'm not a doctor. I don't know what to do. What can I do? I, I'm not qualified. 
Anybody ever said that? I'm not qualified to help this guy. You know, and because I'm not qualified, I'm just going to keep going. Their cars broke down. I'm not a mechanic. Right? Oh, come on. Y'all are way too quiet. Right? I, 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 mean, I mean, we so often go, oh, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Um, I, I, I'm just not, I'm not the guy. I don't know first aid. I don't know what to do. I don't know how I, I can help. I'm just not qualified. Matter of fact, some of you may have thought that when you heard on the video that we are asking men to step up and help on Mother's Day in the children's ministry <laughs> so that all the mamas can have a day off out here. And so many of you did not, it did not even click in your brain that that might be you. Because the first thing we say is, I'm not qualified, or no, let's face it, we even make it more spiritual. That's not my calling. God did not, I, I will kill them. That's not, well, then we'll put you in the hallway. All <laughs> right? See, it's easy to throw rocks at these guys. But they had legit reasons. If I touch this bleeding guy, I can't do my calling for the next week because I'm unclean. If I touch this guy, I'm not qualified. What if I hurt him more? I, what? I, I can't. I'm, I'm just not the guy. Can, can I tell I wish I had a chance to look each one of you in the face and, and just say, matter of fact, write, write, write this down. Um, <laughs> we say, I, I guess I, for, I forgot this one. We say there, there's someone else, this is the problem, that can do it better. And, and we walk around it. We do it every day. I do it every day. I am as guilty as any person in here. We, like the Levites, say, ah, somebody else is probably better qualified, so we walk around. But I want you to write this down. As a Christian, you are called, equipped by the Holy Spirit, and expected by God himself. I, I, I wonder if you can say that with me. Uh, all right? And I, I want you to, when I get here, I want you to say, as a Christian, I am called. All right? Can y'all do that with me? And you're like, there ain't no way I'm saying that in church. <laughs> all right, come on. Come on, let's all say it together. As a Christian, I am called, equipped, and expected by God to get my hands dirty. I am called, I am equipped by, do y'all believe the Holy Spirit equips us? It does. And God Almighty expects us to get off the bench and in the game. 
I don't know. I hope I offend you with this statement. All right? I really do. Um, because I, I, believe, I believe God looks at you and says, you're too valuable to sit on the sideline. Jesus did not. I'm just going to read what I wrote down. Jesus did not pay the price that he paid so that you could sit on a shelf like a spiritual trophy. Our purpose in the body of Christ is not to get fat and full. It's not. It's not. Our our purpose in the body of Christ is to be love expressed to a world that's had the crap beat out of them. I don't know how else to say it. That's who we are. We don't have to do. We have to be. We just be God's love expressed to a world that has been beat up. Matter of fact, write write this down. We love backslash serve. A world that has been robbed, beaten, and left for dead. That's who he's called us, every one of us. I mean, they are laying on the side of the road all around us. And I believe that's part of what this next weekend is all about. We have an amazing opportunity to be loved. In the Bible Belt, though, I know growing up, I thank God this is not us. Uh, And if it is us, I just want to challenge you and say, this is not us. Okay? (laughs) Because because the truth is, um, I grew up in a Bible Belt culture that that said, um, well, we thought that, that our job, when we saw a need... That our job was to call the church because those people at the church could take care of it. Right? Because you got those people at the church that, that are called to, to take care of it. Um, and, and so we think that like there are those people sitting by the bat phone. Right? That are just down there at the church and they're waiting for that phone to ring. So they can jump in the bat suit, slide down the pole, jump in the Batmobile, and go run to the hospital. Because that's why we have those people. Come on, right? Right? I, I mean, we have, we have those people down. All I got to do is like, like call the church and, and those people are going to run to the school. Those people down at the church, it's their job to, uh, to go and, and counsel with that married couple that's struggling. I'm not equipped, so it's somebody else's job. It's somebody else's. It's those people at the church. Man, they need prayer. Those people need prayer. And so the pastor is supposed to pray. 
And, and, and so I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you, I, I actually push back on people when they say, I really need you to come and pray because you're the pastor and your prayer like carries more weight. And I'm laughing. I'm like, oh, no, it doesn't. If you only knew. Right? Right? Can I just tell you, um, in our culture, again, especially in the Bible Belt, there are those people that it's their calling to go clean up a yard. It's their calling to go, you know, monitor a game so some kid can play. It's their, it's their thing. So I'm just going to let them do their thing. And I'm, I mean, those people down at the church... They're going to take care of it. Can I just write, write this down for me? I am those people at the church. I am those people. You are those people. Right? Oh, come on, right? Right. Because we are the church. <laughs> are y'all hearing me? We are the church. And I love service weekend. But it's so much bigger than one weekend. The one weekend just kind of helps us keep our eyes open. You know, it really does. It's so much more. I, I wonder if you'd say that with me, everybody. Go, I am those people at the church. Come on, say it with me. Ready, go. I am those people at the church. That's I am. That's who I am. I, it's not somebody else's job. It's not. It's my job. When somebody says, I need prayer, it's, they're telling me. Yeah, I can pass it on. I can say, well, you know what? I'm going to put you on a prayer list. That's wonderful, but you better pray for them first. You know? Because that opportunity came to you as the body of Christ. You know? You're the one that saw it. You're the one that saw it. Um, and, and I love this because Jesus finds the most offensive, the most unlikely hero to the story. And his name was Sam. He was a Samaritan. He, he was a Samaritan. He was Sam. And, and, and Sam was from a culture that the Jews hated. Hated them. Matter of fact, as I read this, I want you to think about this. That Sam was the homeless addict. Sam was the atheist that argues the scripture with you Every time you talk to him, that's who Sam is. Matter of fact, more accurately, more biblically accurate, <laughs> Sam was a Muslim. Could have been a radical one. And Jesus made him the hero. I don't know about you, but that challenges me. Let's read it. Let's read it. It says, but a certain 
Sam, <laughs> certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was. And when he saw him, he had what? He saw him first. And then he had compassion on him. So he went to him. That is so huge. He saw him. He was moved with compassion. And then he went. How many times for me, I see him. I'm even moved with compassion and go, man, I feel sorry for them. Come on. Anybody else? I see it. And I hurt for them. Man, I wish somebody would do something for them. I wish somebody would help them out. Man, I wish somebody would, would go and talk them through the relationship problems they've got going. Man, I wish, I wish, I wish. But he didn't just wish, he went, right? He went. Because he was. Not because he was just doing, but he was being. Do y'all see the difference? He was being. He, he went to him and he got his hands dirty. He got his hands bloody. He bandaged his wounds. Poured oil and wine on him. He set him on his own donkey, right? And brought him to an inn. And he took care of him. Who took care of him? Sam did. Sam took care of him. Sam got his hands dirty. And Sam took care of him. On the next day... When Sam had to leave, he took out two denarii, which is like a day's wages, and gave, him, gave them to the innkeeper. And he said to him, take care of him. And whatever more you spend, when I come again, I will repay you. When I come again, I will repay you. He took pity on him. He had compassion. Sam had the eyes of Jesus. That he didn't just look at him and say, man, I'm sorry you're going through this thing. I'm sorry things have got out of hand. I'm sorry. No, he took compassion on him. He saw it, took compassion, and, and, and then he got his hands dirty. I, 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 want you, I want you to write this down. And I'm getting ready to wrap it up. I'm going to get you guys out of here early. Aren't y'all excited? And the reason I'm getting you out of here early is so you can go be Sam. Come on. Right? Right? I don't know if you realize it. If you go to a restaurant today, that person serving you, they're not doing it just because they can't wait to see your shiny face. They're just waiting for you to bless them with your presence. Can I just tell you, most servers hate Sunday. They hate it. 
because we make it about us, even our lunch, it's about us. Serve me. You know, for years and years, we have been known in the community as the church that serves, that gives. To me, that's so much more important. I'll take a hundred servants that are willing to be like Sam than the over 800 that were here last Sunday, any day of the week. Because Sam's makes a difference. They make a difference. And how do they make a difference? Write this down. Sam loved with his hands, his time, and his money. Sam loved. He loved. He expressed who he was. I don't think it ever crossed his mind <laughs> that, man, look at me, I'm doing something great. And you're like, well, this is just a story Jesus made up. But there's so much in there that I believe that Sam, his heart was just, it was moved with compassion. And he didn't leave it there. Sam loved. He was Jesus' love expressed by getting his hands dirty and bloody. By giving his time, by slowing down long enough to take care of this guy. And then he even gave his money that he had worked hard for. Sam loved. Sam loved. Sam was just going down his own road. And saw a guy that had gotten beaten up. And it would have been so easy for Sam to say, you idiot. Don't you know better than to be out here by yourself? Sam could have so easily, like I'm not so sure some of the others may have done. Sam so easily could have said, you're the one that left the place of blessing to go to the place of cursing. You get what you deserve. It's your fault that you're in this place. It's your fault that you left the place of blessing. It's your fault you didn't take care of your money. It's your fault that you're out here and got beat up. But Sam didn't try to beat them up for how they got there. See, as the preacher, it would have been real easy to walk by and go, 
Man, I've seen so many guys just like you. You're here because you made some really stupid decisions. You're here because you, you walked away from God a long time ago. So now you're just reaping what you sow. So good luck. I'll pray for you. Sam didn't do that. Matter of fact, write this down. The very last thing. Worship team, you guys can come on up. Write this down. Love wins when I love like Sam. Love wins when I love like Sam. See my fear this morning? Is there's going to be so many of you, I say, I'm not going to say so many. There's going to be some of you that walk out of here today and go, well, that was awful simple. That walk out of here today and just brush it off as a message you've heard before. It is a message you've heard before. But I believe it's a fresh calling. For us to be sons and daughters of the Most High God that just ooze love even to those that it's their own fault they're there. I have people ask me all the time around service weekend, well, what if... What if we help somebody that just wasted? I don't care. That's not on me. Come on, right? We don't know what this guy did. After he got all healed up. What did he do with the blessing? Doesn't matter. Jesus didn't tell us. Matter of fact, here's what Jesus said, the very next verse. So which of these three, he asked this man, do you think is the neighbor to him that fell among the thieves? And he said, he who showed mercy on him. And Jesus said to him, and Jesus says to us, go and do likewise. Father, that's my prayer this week, that we would go and do likewise, that we would just go, (laughs) and it's going to be a win this week when we love like Sam. It's going to be a win. It's going to be a win in your kingdom when we just love Like the most unlikely, the most unqualified. I have three questions that I want us just to think about. I'm going to put them on the screen. And I want us just to walk through these together. And I want you to pray through these together. Will I this week spend time 
with the source of love. See, I can't give what I don't have. It's as I spend time with the source of love, (laughs) then I don't have to fake it. As I am absorbed in the source of love, then I get, I just overflow it. I just be love. I don't have to do love. I just be it. Then the next question is this. Will I this week, maybe even today, maybe when I leave here, slow down my agenda long enough to recognize the need. Stop my conversation at the restaurant long enough to look at that waiter or waitress in the eye and see who they really are. Is there a need? And then the last one is this. Will I this week be love to someone who can't repay me? <laughs> 